0: This should be fun. And we've been doing the Set for Life series, which uh, has just been trying to, I guess, help people uh, develop a paradigm that, that, that sets them up for a win in their decision making, in their thinking, right through life. That's, that's where we're at. And the first week we looked at the will of God, like, uh, you know, whose life is this anyway? And, and potentially that the, the best life that we can live is one that's just live the way that God wants us to live it and listening to him and being obedient to his voice and seeing where that takes us. That, that makes life an adventure, I'm telling you. God can do so much more uh, when you give yourself over to him than what you could ever uh, try and do yourself. And so uh, that was the first week. Then the second week was uh, maybe some of the ways that we can miss that. When we allow ourselves to be driven by our desires, it sort of creates a, um, it creates a noise within us and it can be hard to hear that clear and still small voice. Of God. So many people are driven by their needs, driven by their insecurities, driven by their pain, driven by reaction. And, uh, and that's never a good way to be driven in life. We're not meant to be driven where sheep, sheep are led. You can't drive sheep, you drive cattle, but you've got to lead sheep. And, um, and so that's what the Bible sort of, it, it tells us that we are the sheep of his pasture. That's the way that God sees us and that he is a good shepherd that leads us to still Waters. So here we are at week three and, uh, and no Set for Life series would be complete without at some point talking about relationships and so I can guarantee that before we finish this series several, several times we will speak about relationships and, um, and tonight I'm just doing like an overview intro. Now for parents... Uh, I don't think this is going to get too heavy, not like last week. Last week, I think we were M15 Plus was our warning label. Uh, but I think this is, you know, there are some mature things in this, so I'm just giving you a heads up, parents. Is that okay? You know, when I come to Jesus, um, I'll never forget one of the the big moments that made me think that possibly God was worth following. Um, As a young person, I had a religious upbringing. I, you know, experienced religious school and all the rest. And to tell you the truth, I just hated it. I hated it all. I resented it all. It just, I felt like religion was being forced down my throat. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand the expectations. Even though Jesus was talked about every week, I had no idea how that was meant to apply to my life. And so by the time I was. uh, I got a, an apprenticeship actually when I was 15, left school, finished grade 10, got an apprenticeship, turned 15 in September. And I was in a man's world in, uh, in December of 1980. And, uh, and, uh, mum and dad said, well, you know, they'd been sort of pushing me to church. They didn't go to church. They just expected me to. And, um, and they basically said, well, you're, you're a working man now. You can make up your own mind. I was like, that's good because I made it up long ago and I never went back. I think I went back once or twice to midnight mass just to keep mum happy. But that was about it. And then I'll never forget, I had a friend who was, who was uh, speaking to me about Jesus and his journey with Jesus. And he'd been very similar to me. He felt exactly the same about everything as me. And then all of a sudden, when, he, when we were about 20, he just had this... Um, Major religious shift is what I saw it as, um, and I I hammered him. I I paid out on him to my shame. I mean, I made life difficult. I ridiculed him. He was a God botherer. He was a Jesus freak. He was all of those things. And uh, but I'll never forget the turning point. And the turning point was that uh, I was downtown. It was late at night and back then there was a drive-in in them. there was actually two of them and uh, the drive-in came out and all the guys in their hot cars who'd been at the drive-in would come downtown and all the guys in their hot cars who were downtown would be waiting for them and then we'd all go somewhere that we won't talk about racing cars illegally on the street and I'm waiting for him and he rocks up in his 1960 seven i think or 66 dodge phoenix i mean this was like you could fit five people across the front seat bench seat in the front five people no worries 10 people in the boot at the driving wow. with a single mattress that's how we used to to rock it anyway he pulled in and it was just him and a girl and i said oh who's the girl it was a new girl now we have been friends since grade seven at this point and i'm now 21 and um who's the girl oh it's just a girl from church and uh And I was pretty crass about, you know, are you you in a relationship? And literally, are you into it? And uh, he's like, I'm praying about whether God might want us to go out together. And I was like, do you like her? He said, yeah. Does she like you? Oh, I hope so. And I'm like, what's there to pray about, you know? And I I paid him out on this. Just launch, man, just launch. And um, But you know what? I walked away. And in view of the fact that I'd had several very unhappy, very unsuccessful relationships, you know, they started well and it seemed to be the the relationship of my dreams every time and then would end in a blinding flash of sparks and hatred. Um, Him saying that he was praying about it, something clicked and it was like, man, I wish I had someone that I could refer to that would help me in these huge decision-making processes of life. Maybe for the first time I actually felt like I was really by myself and I was out on a limb and it was like, you know, I've got a proven track record since I was 14 years of age that I don't make this work well. And that was pretty well it. And, um, and so two weeks or three weeks later, I end up in a church service on a Sunday afternoon in Toowoomba and, um, and giving my heart to Jesus. And part of that was just this desire... To, to have a God in my life, yeah. to have a higher authority, to have someone to reach up to and to relate to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the basis of everything we've been talking about and set for life, is this whole sense of, you know, you don't have to do it by yourself. And, and often when we do it by ourselves, we do it in our own strength, where we're driven by our own desires often it doesn't end well. Sometimes people get away with it. And I guess the problem is that everyone thinks they're going to be that one that gets away with it. The problem with that is, is I talk to so many who don't at the end of the day and they actually get burnt. And it's like, well, you know, I thought this relationship, I thought doing this, I thought sex, I thought it would bring this and it brought the opposite. I thought it would bring connection. I thought it would bring joy and it might for a season, the Bible says sin has pleasure for a season, but then it ended in pain and it ended in hurt. And yeah. you know, this person that I felt so close to now I'm just angry with them, bitter at. And so how do we end up there? And I think it's because we're driven. By our desires, yeah. rather than actually wanting God's purpose and God's yeah. plan, instead of living for a higher purpose. So, I want to talk about that tonight really quickly. And I guess, as a church, New Hope for now many years, we've been very deliberate in trying to, you know, to encourage a healthy uh, relationship culture. That helps people do this well. Now, I've got to say right up front, please, I'm not saying that everyone should be in a relationship. Okay? As a matter of fact, uh, very soon Pastor Sue is going to talk about Happily Single, like single and loving it, I think is the title. And so Pastor Sue's going to talk about that. Um, but what I want to introduce tonight is just some concepts to frame up. Um, Boy-girl relationships, romantic relationships, potentially. And uh, and what we've always encouraged at New Hope is that, that people, number one, that people take some time. Some of the biggest mistakes people make is mistakes and decisions made too quick, too soon, too fast. That just creates so much pain uh, on every level. And the other one is a process, is allowing things to develop naturally through a process that I want to share with you tonight if you feel that you're ready to embark on a relationship. And I'll make some comments about that. But I want to keep what I talk about really simple, really clear. So are you ready? Hey, listen, by the way, too. Every year we talk about this. And every year, um, you know, I think the great bulk of people exercise these principles and in general have a great experience. Our church is full of wonderful, happy, young, married couples. Now, now doing these principles or that, that doesn't guarantee success. That doesn't guarantee a pain-free existence. I just think it sets you up for the best potential outcome that you can get. That's all. But there's no guarantees in life on any level, and anyone who's lived longer than three weeks probably already has figured that out. Yeah. So um, uh, what I want to talk to us about first is friendship. We look at stages and how relationships develop. And the first one uh, for us is friendship. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it, it's, it's a big, big, big difference um, between being uh, attracted to someone and knowing someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. There's a huge difference from, between those two things that, that sometimes people don't recognise. It's just like, oh man, I just, I'm really attracted to that person, so now's the time to launch. Uh, and that's not actually true. As a matter of fact, if you can't build a, an authentic relationship with the opposite sex that doesn't have any other agenda except friendship, then, then I would say you will never be able to successfully build anything more than that. It's, it's like the foundation that everything else is built on. And if, if you can't build a relationship at that plutonic level, at that non-physical level, non-romantic level, however you want to put it, if you can't do that, then you're, you're actually not set up to proceed. Yeah. So we always encourage people, listen, take time. And if, if you're interested in someone, take time building a friendship and build it in a big group. Build it going out with your mates and hanging out and having fun and see that person in public and, and, and after a while, you know, everyone can act really great for a little while but after a while, if you hang around and you're committed to building long term, it won't take too long before you see the real them. But so many people have gotten burnt because they've launched into a relationship pretty deeply and they really don't know the person they're with. They look great but they don't actually know who they are so friendship is a great way of getting to know the opposite sex and i've got a scripture for that and by the way what i'm talking about tonight is honoring yourself sorry mr media guru thank you honoring yourself god and others and you might say well well what do you mean honor myself honoring myself doesn't that seem sound a little bit weird Hey, listen, we probably all know someone who through insecurity has been driven to make poor quality decisions that have seriously burnt them for later on in life. And I guess what I'm saying by honouring yourself is don't be that person. Don't be that person. Don't, don't let this world push you into its mould because it's really happy to turn out broken people. And yet that's not God's purpose and God's plan for us. So friendship and the scripture that goes with it because I'm right off the point now. Uh, Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. Uh, I could have used a lot of scriptures here, you know, as iron sharpens iron, so does a man sharpen the countenance his friend. You know, the whole thought is you become who you hang around with. And so uh, yeah. it, that's going to be magnified massively if you get in a relationship with someone. So it's really a good idea to work out who you're hanging around with yeah. first and make sure that there's someone who is wise, who has the same values, who has the same trajectory in, the life, the, yeah. in life, the same passion for Jesus, the same, all of that stuff. That matters long term Because at the end of, de- end of the day Boobs and butts Don't last you a lifetime In your relationship They don't They might begin it Or they might start the attraction But you can't build on that um, Because you know My age is incredible As my physique is I've got my gut sucked in that hard from You know You wouldn't believe The hardest thing about preaching for me Is sucking this gut in for 40 minutes Okay So Everything goes south. So don't build a relationship on shifting sand. I guess that's what I'm saying. Is that okay? Okay. Um, second stage, second, second progression is, uh, is interested where it's like I, I really am interested in someone specific. You know, I think as young people, it's, um, it's okay. We're pretty interested in everyone, really we're interested in our, you know, our friends that, that we just hang around with and we did school with and then you know we become aware of the opposite sex and we're just like interested, full stop. But I mean, I mean specifically. Yeah. There is someone that I'd really like to build a closer relationship. My first part of advice straight from scripture is don't start until you're ready. Yeah. Don't start a romantic intent. And I hate using that word, but it's probably it's the most familiar one our society's got. But don't, don't get romantic intent going until you know that you're really, really ready for it because some of that stuff's hard to put the brakes on, uh, but really easy to get burned on at the same time. And so, Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verse 4, the last part of the verse says, Do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Don't stir up, you know. And, and I, you know, you've probably heard me say this many times, but. You know, there's so much pressure in our media and on social media. And on, in movies and in all of this stuff, there's so much pressure. It's almost like you're made to feel like you're not normal if you're not in a relationship or you can't be complete without this. Yet scripture says, don't stir up those feelings in your heart until you just know that you're ready, that the moment is right, that man, love is for me now. And what's really hard is, is that we feel like that all the time when we see someone we're attached to or attracted to. And that's where time needs to come in to season that with wisdom. Don't launch it. I could put it this way. Hey, listen, um, at the end of the day, if you start going out with someone till you're fif- when, when you're 15 and you want to honour God in your relationship and honour yourself and honour that other person, but you're not going to get married till you're 22 or 23, that's a long time to practice boundaries and celibacy. That's a long time. So why would you start then rather than trusting God that if that person's there for you, then they will be there for you when it's right and it's appropriate to stir up love and to begin something. Um, So uh, interested, interested, interested. Beware media pressure. Um, You know, kids get teased and bullied and all that. Can I just say, you know, when it comes to... Because there's this pressure... Experience, experience, experience. You need to experience this. Everyone's doing this or whatever. Um, can I just say people aren't experiments. Yeah. Oh, I want to experience this. Well, what you're actually saying is I want to experiment with this. But, but would you want to be someone else's experiment? And if you don't want to be that, then can I just can I give like this incredible word from heaven right here tonight? Don't treat people like lab rats. They're people. Don't, don't treat them that base as if someone's there for you. And I'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the next one. So uh, don't treat people like that. Our world, the media, peer pressure, our friendship groups, whatever, can be so fast to give advice. But can I just remind us that a world that is so quick to give advice on relationships has an absolutely deplorable track record on making them good. You only need to look at statistics for that, and our world is no they are not good advisors if they were financial advisors honestly uh, the, you know i 'm saying media in general, I guess what i 'm talking about is entertainment and movies and and even um, you know celebrities on on thing if they were financial advisors, you could sue them for the crap advice that they give young people all the time so I'm just encouraging young people, don't be sucked into that. Don't be sucked into it. Don't be that insecure person that makes poor quality decisions early on that affect them for the rest of their life uh, because you were made to feel insecure, made to feel like you were missing out or made to feel like uh, you're you're not all that you should be. And then we move to the next thing. So, you know, if you decide that you're ready, um, well, then it might be time to have a cup of coffee or something or a mcdonald's cone or something like um, maybe if you've got to buy a mcdonald's cone you're either a uni student or you're too young i'm telling you that right now okay so so, uh, straight away that should tell you whether you're ready or not can you pay the bill for a decent meal and uh, and maybe it's time after hanging around with friends to invite someone out For a meal or coffee or the movies and hang out and just see whether that feeling is mutual. Now we're going to drill down on all this a bit deeper somewhere later in the series. This is just the overview, okay? Um, here's the thing, you will end up, I guess I'm talking about a steady relationship or, or it can be called dating. Um, I hate that term, I just hate that term dating. It's just so shallow, but you know, like you're in a steady relationship and people know you're an item and you've chosen to be. You know, your, your friend did not find out on your Facebook post that they're in a relationship with you. It's something that you've agreed to, you both know about it, okay? Um, and you're now actually steady, then i I'd really, really encourage you um, stay within your boundaries, within good, godly bar- boundaries. You know, keep your sexuality where it belongs, which is in marriage. Um, Honour God in that way. And that's not easy in our current Age. I want you to maybe think about it like this. I've already said people aren't there for you to experiment on or to experience on. It's a little bit like an artist's canvas. You know, when you look at an artist's canvas, it starts off all white and then the artist paints on it and it becomes the imagination of the artist. And if you've ever noticed, the canvas actually disappears. The canvas disappears and you in experimenting in relationships where there's no solid commitment and here's probably the problem is everyone thinks they're solid committed until they're not oh no no we're solid this is going to go all the way and straight after it goes all the way it's out the door and it's like man and what you leave is your imagination your experience has covered their canvas and you no longer see who they actually were before that relationship. Now, that's okay with the canvas because that's what canvases are created for, but that's not okay to use people like that. So so keep your boundaries for something really, really special ahead if you get to the point where you think, I can really commit to this person for life. 1 Thessalonians 4 verses 3 to 5 says, it is God's will that you should be sanctified and that word simply means set apart for special purposes you know you're not common God wants you to be special you know back in the day back in these days what I was talking about is literally you know vessels in a house like jugs and and cups and whatnot and it's like well do you want to be the jug that we serve our guests the fresh cool water out of or, or would you rather be the jug that sits in the toilet and does that which one do you want to be and Paul talks about us actually being vessels of honour wow. in God's house. Yeah. And that's what he's referring to here is that, listen, your life is far too important for common use. God wants you, this is God's will for you, is that you be sanctified, that you be set apart for special purposes. God looks at you and he sees you like, you know, that special cutlery or the special glasses that your, your mum or dad or whatever, they only bring out when really important people come around. That's, that's how God sees us. And Paul says, hey, be sanctified that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn. Now, this is a totally countercultural thought. Each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honourable, not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister. And it's like, wow, what a <laughs> what a countercultural thought in a society says, "Oh, just do it, just get over it. Get it. it's nothing. Your sexuality is nothing. Your virginity is nothing. Your purity is nothing. Just get rid of it," sort of thing. And it's like, wow, you know what? There is an option. You can actually learn self-control and we'll talk about this more later but actually in marriage that might just save your marriage if you learn self-control before marriage because some people are really mistaken in their head they think you don't need self-control before marriage you only need it after the problem is you do need it after if you want to save your marriage the problem is if you've never learned to develop it on the way in And so God says these things, not to kill our joy, but to set us up for life, to set us up for win. Is that okay? Okay, I'm on the last point, and that is engaged. If it's going there, I mean, and now, again, Pastor Sue's going to talk about what it is to live free and not needing that in our life in our current season, Sue's going to talk about that. But I've been giving us an overview that if uh, if you're going to move into relationships, this is a simple, safe way where you can honor yourself and carry yourself with dignity. You can honor people that you relate to and dignify their humanity, and you can ultimately honor God by obeying His word. Engage Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. This is so true. I can I can say this because I know it's true because I've experienced it. And it says, He who finds a wife finds a good thing. You good thing, darling. look. Just look at her on that front row. Anyone notice her new white sneakers? She's a good thing and obtains favour from the Lord. And I've got to say, you know, from... A history and a past of not doing it God's way. And so I talk about both sides of the fence. I talk having experienced both things. Right through to meeting Jesus and determining to turn it around and do it different for the first time in my life. And finding a wife and obtaining favour from the the Lord. I am blessed. I am blessed. In my marriage, because of that. And I think that's God's desire for each and every one of us. Um, when it comes to engagement, here's a quick thought How long should you be engaged? Well, you know, there's no really hard and fast rule, but I think six months is like a good center point. Any yeah. less than six months, and, you know, it's, it's starting to get pretty light on because it's interesting, engagement shifts the goalposts a bit because all of a sudden you realise I am committed to this and this is going to happen and I tend to think like if you've got six months up your sleeve then, then if the worst comes to the worst and someone changes their mind there's a little bit of time to pull out before the wedding invitations go out and that's what engagement's about it's like I commit to you, I'm going to marry you and then you go, I'm going to marry you <laughs> wow, I'd better make sure this is right You know, I mean, it's felt good so far, but I'd better make sure I'm committed to this. So I think six months is maybe a good centre point. And if if you go further than that, it's a little bit like, why? Unless you're like, you know, you fly in, fly out worker, you're not around all the time, your, your loved one has moved to Tasmania, that could be a reason to have a longer engagement because you, you aren't together as much and whatever on the relationship. But in all honesty, I'm just saying, and I'm not saying six months is perfect, I'm just saying if you start thinking around there and then lighter on is a bit light, a bit sooner than that, And honestly, if you're going to think longer than that and you're in the same town and you're right there together and you can work on your relationship, um, then I'd say don't get engaged until six months off when you want to get married. Or maybe eight months or so, but don't drag it out. You know, our world sees engagement like this whole other level of relationship and it's not. It's pre-marriage. It's I'm choosing you to the exclusion of all others and that's because I've thought about this and we've gone out together if you want to spend time in a relationship spend it in the steady and the dating stage and get to know that person and then when you think I am totally committed to this and this is what both of us want that's a good time to get engaged and then uh, hey man you put a ring on it seal the deal (laughs) but not too soon but not too late Does, does that make sense? So here's some questions for us. I'm going to finish. Here's some questions for us to think through. Uh, you know, if you're in the uh, single and ready to mingle stage, and they're good questions for every one of us. they're good questions for everyone. Uh, first question is this: Am I a good friend? Am I a good friend? I'm not saying. Do you have good friends? That's a totally different question. Am I a good friend? Because if you can learn to be a good friend, then you've got a really high potential of building the kind of long-lasting, awesome relationships in every area of your life that you need to build. Am I a good friend? Uh, The second one is, uh, if I desire to be in a relationship, why? Why? You know, is is it about experience or commitment? I mean, what's it about? You know, I'm just being honest. I'm not. I'm not trying to make anyone feel awkward. I'm just saying, be honest with yourself. That's a good place to start. Um, if I want to be in a relationship, why? Uh, is it something my heart wants or something I feel expected to want? Another question. Last question. Do I have the maturity and faith? to do it God's way and in all honesty I think that comes down to this am I open to advice from mature people who I know have my best interests at heart whether that's parents or leaders or whatever that might be am I open to that advice because if you're not if you're avoiding that if you're making little plans and hoping to get away with stuff you are not mature enough to have a romantic relationship yeah Now, lots of people do that and most of you have been around and seen it, have seen them get burned. And the reason is, honestly, if you can't be open, honest, wanting what's best for you and allowing people that obviously love you to speak into that, if you can't do that, then you're just not mature enough. And if you say, I don't have anyone like that in my life, it's like, well, I hope you've only been around five minutes. Because if you haven't built those kind of relationships into your life, why are you thinking of getting into a romantic one with a stranger? (laughs) Get to know and trust the people that are close to you and build quality relationships there that then protect you. When you go to take some of the really big decisions of life, you can run it by people that you know have your best interests at heart and you can get wisdom from friends and from family and from leadership around you etc does that sound like a simple plan there's the plan there's the plan and uh sue sue's going to talk about single and and i'm going to drop down into a few other things like some of the details of some of this stuff a little bit later on okay we might even have like a mature audiences only night Uh, I'm not sure Aaron you're allowed to come it's okay you're finally old enough okay can I pray for us can I pray for us why don't we stand why don't we stand you know I tend to think when we talk about wanting God's purpose and God's plan for our life I honestly think the thing that challenges it almost the most that I've ever seen is this area Uh, As a matter of fact, probably more great young people leave the church over this one decision than almost any other. It's either spacks between friends who can't sort it out or someone gets their eye on someone and knows that it's probably not appropriate but they're determined to do it their way anyway and so they take it outside of the covering of the church, outside of the covering of leadership. And um, I'm just sad to say I don't often see that work out well. I don't often Uh, maybe it has but I don't often see it work out well as a matter of fact I've even had people come back later on wanting us then pastorally to care for a broken relationship which is always awkward it's like listen guys you know we built a fence at the top for you and you drove straight through it and now you want us to drive the ambulance to the bottom and it's awkward and it's difficult and off the cliff I mean so Um, So let's open our hearts. Who wants what God wants for them? Who wants to be a a vessel for special use, not just the common use, but special? Uh, Thank you, Father. Thank you for every heart, every life in here, no matter what age, stage, reality of life we're at. I pray, Father, that we would seek you with all our heart and we would want to build our lives with the kind of wisdom that you give that protects and empowers our life, that doesn't take from us, doesn't make us vulnerable, but it helps us to build strong, long-term relationships with all people. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Uh, and just before we finish tonight, while her heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, you know I've been talking about this whole area of building relationships but the greatest relationship you can have is with Jesus Christ. That's probably why most of us are here tonight. And um, it's because we worship a God who loves us and has been so good to us. But maybe you feel a little bit on the outer of that. Maybe that's not your experience tonight to walk with Jesus. And I want to give you the opportunity to make that your experience, if that's what you want. Uh, In a few moments time, we're going to pray this prayer that we'll put up on the screen. It's a very simple prayer of commitment and dedication, asking God to forgive us, come into our lives. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray it. But if you're here and you've never done something like this, you've never opened your heart to Jesus and, uh, and wanted something bigger, I guess what I talked about earlier, having someone else to look up to and to lead you and give you some wisdom in life if, if that's what you recognize you need tonight then while every head's bowed every eye's closed if that's you um would you just take a step of faith raise your hand and i'll acknowledge it and say yep you can put it down again just really quickly i give people this opportunity to open their heart to jesus every service every week a number of people have already done it today but friend is it your moment as it's at your moment. God loves you. He has a plan. He has a purpose for you. He has wisdom for you to build your life. And if you're here and you recognise that you need that, then, then why not just open your heart? If you've never done it before, open your heart to Jesus. And you just put your hand in the air and say, Pastor Chris, that's me. And, uh, and I'll pray with you. God bless you. That's awesome. Others in this place? Over here on the right. Fantastic. Anyone else? Just really quickly. Anyone else that just wants Jesus in their life, and then we're going to pray. Awesome, mate. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Okay. Why don't we pray together? And if you if you responded, then make this your own. Dear Jesus, I believe believe in you. you. Thank Thank you for forgiving me. me. Come Come into into my life, life and and I'll follow you. you. Amen. 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 So this series is going to be fun, but tonight's over. I don't know where the football's on a big screen, probably at Walton Stores. Where was our, uh, where was, oh, I better not say that. Don't go to Walton Stores because we're somewhere else. Okay. Um, I'm going to go before I get in trouble. God bless you.